Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Joel, uh, it's in the Old Testament. It is uh, towards the latter part of the Old Testament. It, it's, it's only a few pages long, so it may be difficult to find. If you, um, but uh, it's between Hosea, which is one of the longer prophets, and uh, Amos. 871 on, in the Pew Bibles, if you're using one of those. We're going to f- finish up chapter 1. We started chapter 1 last week. So last week, uh, we saw that Joel was prophesying that there was a uh, uh, well, actually, he, he is observing that there has been a locust uh, infestation. There's been a locust plague that's come upon the land. And everything has been stripped clean. No more leaves. Not even the bark was left on things. I mean, the locusts had just eaten everything, which meant there was nothing to eat. There was uh, nothing, no, no grapes or anything like that to be able to make wine. And, uh, there, and, and also, what, one of the implications of that was there was nothing left for sacrifices when it comes to grain sacrifices or the drink sacrifices that they would have in the altar. And, and Joel is telling um, the people there, get this message. You need to hear what God is speaking through the event that has happened. Um, he says, hear this. I'm just going to kind of review here. Hear this. Pay attention. Um, we need to wake up. Wake up. to. Uh, the, the, sometimes God uses those things. He uses tragedies. He uses um, uh, great catastrophe, catastrophic events in order to get our attention. He says, wake up and lament. Now, what is he wanting us to wake up to do? I think that's where he kind of gets in the end of of the chapter here. He's calling us, God is calling uh, his people there to repent. To turn away from their sin. This destruction had come upon them because they had sinned. They had broken the covenant that God had made with them. I talked last week about how Deuteronomy, uh, it's it's the book of the covenant. It tells about God's covenant with His people and and how God God said, if you obey My covenant, there'll be all these blessings. And if you break My covenant, then there'll be all these curses. And one of the curses that God had promised that He would bring upon His people was a plague of locusts. Joel, he was astute. He, He had studied his Bible. And when this plague of locusts came upon them, that he knew... This is God doing what He said He was going to do. And uh, He knew that there's going to be more to come. Chapter 2, when we get there next week, uh, Joel turns from talking about what has already happened. There's already been this plague of locusts that stripped everything bare. And what's going to come is going to be even worse than that. Instead, there's going to be an army of people that will come. An army, a physical army of, 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 of soldiers that's going to come and destroy. And, and Joel is telling the people, you've seen this tragedy and it points to a greater tragedy that's to come, but repent and maybe God will relent and not send the soldiers. That's the idea. 
So Paul, uh, we're going to go and jump into our text. This is what Joel says to the people that they are to do. Verse 13 says, Put on sackcloth and lament, O priests. Wail, ministers of the altar. Go in and pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God. Because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is near and as destruction from the Almighty, it comes. Is not the food cut off before our eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seed shrivels under the clods. The storehouses are desolate. The granaries are torn down because the grain has dried up. How the beasts groan. The herds of cattle are perplexed because there's no pasture for them. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I call. For fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness and flame has burned all the trees of the field. Even the beasts in the field pant for you because the water brooks are dried up and fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. Let's pray. Father, help us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your word says to us. Father, your word has power. And I pray, Lord, that you would use your word to speak to us. Lord, to help us to see what we need to do. And Father, help us, Lord, to, um, to humble ourselves and seek after you. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this section, he begins with calling again for mourning, uh, but he, he says here to, to put on sackcloth. Um, now, we don't do that anymore. We don't, it's not like modern day. In that day, when, when you, you wanted to call for a communal mourning when 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 uh, all when 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 there was tragedy or something and and you wanted to get all the people to join in in mourning or maybe even if there was a death in the family what you would do you know we we may dress all in black or or maybe a widow would wear, wear a veil or something like that in that in the ancient times what they would do would put in put on sackcloth that would be like putting on a, a gunny sack and it's rough. You know, and, and, and it, would, it, would, it would be uncomfortable, uh, it would itch probably, but that's the way they would, they would mourn. Um, and, and here, Joel is telling the people, put on sackcloth. That's, that's the kind of image. Put on sackcloth uh, because they're in mourning for what God has done. He says, he says that the priests are to do this. And the ministers of the altar. Uh, there, he's, he's talking about those who, people who are involved, first of all, in, in, in the religious realm. 
the priests and, and those who are, are, who are doing the sacrifices. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when God calls us to repentance, oftentimes he does so similarly to this. Um, the first people that have to repent, the first people that, that need to turn away from their sins are the, the, the religious leaders, the pastors, the people who are, are in the church. We can't look to ever, for everyone else to turn away from their sin and to, to, uh, um, to try to... We can't do that without first turning ourselves. It would be hypocrisy to expect anything else. So first, Joel calls on those who are the religious professionals, the religious leaders of the time, to put on sackcloth and to wail and to, to mourn. He says, go in, pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers of the Lord. This is not something that he, they intended to, to just have for a short period of time. You know, do your thing, do, you know, go in for some kind of an hour or half hour service, show your mourning, and then be done. No, he expected them to pass the night in sackcloth, uh, to, to all night and, and, and to weep and to, to wail to the Lord for what he has done. And it says, because the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. What is it that the priests and the ministers of the Lord would do? They would offer the sacrifices. Well, we know because of the plague of the locusts, there were no grain offerings to offer. There were none of those things. And so instead of, of being able to do those, they couldn't do what they would normally do as a part of their worship. So instead, they were to mourn. The next thing it says is consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. The first thing we see there, consecrate a fast. Um, that is to dedicate uh, a, a time for Fasting, And that's something we don't often do today either. If, you, if you're fasting, maybe it's because you've got to get your blood drawn the next morning or something like that. You don't eat or anything like that because you've got to... But uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, um, you, you find that fasting is something that people would do uh, for a religious purpose. It's to show a hunger for God. You want to see God move in your life. And so you're, what, you're, what you're saying when you fast is, I want you, God, more than my food. And here, they didn't have any food to eat anyway. But instead of it just being hunger, Joel says, consecrate this time. You don't have any food anyway. Consecrate this time. Make this a fast to the Lord. Consecrate a fast. Dedicate this time to, to seeking the Lord. And then he says, gather the elders. And all the inhabitants of the land. The second thing, not only are they for everyone, this is not just for the for the for, for the priests or the ministers of the altar or anything, but this this was for everyone, all to be included in fasting and seeking the Lord. And then next it says, 
Gather the elders and the, all the inhabitants of the land to the house of your, the Lord your God. So in the midst of this mourning, in the midst of this fasting, they're to gather together. You know, when we go through tragedy, when we go through times whenever God is calling us to repent, we need to do the same thing. We need to gather together. So oftentimes we are, we are so um, individualistic. We want to do our own thing and not, not have to, to get together with other people because, you know, getting together with other people sometimes hurts. <laughs> right? But God here is calling them to gather together and corporately together repent. And then finally, in verse 14, he says, and cry out to the Lord. So the things that he's calling on the priests and the ministers to do are to to put on sackcloth and mourn. What he's calling everyone to do there at that time was to to, uh, gather together, to fast, and to pray. To call out to the Lord. To pray. To call out to Him. And when tragedy strikes, God is still trying to get our attention. He still uses tragedy. He still uses uh, calamity. All those kinds of things to get our attention so that we will turn to Him. And here, the the response, the appropriate response that, that the people would have is to gather together and cry out to the Lord. Then, verse 15, he says, Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, and as destruction from the Almighty it comes. This phrase, the day of the Lord, appears in several of the prophets. Uh, If you read through different ones of the the prophetic writings, you see um, this this term, day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. And you're going to see it in chapter 2 as well if you're here with us next week. The day of the Lord was the day that God would come in judgment. And what what the people expected was that God would come in judgment on their enemies. The people expected that God would come and judge the Egyptians or the Philistines or the Assyrians or whatever their enemies were. And, And there was an expectation that that's what was going to happen. But instead, the day of the Lord is near... And it's coming to God's own people. It's coming on God's own people. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord was something to look forward to because that's the day when God was going to show up and make everything right. But here, God's people were in sin. And instead of being the day when He was going to show up and make everything right, it's the day when He would show up And he would bring discipline on his people. And as destruction from the Almighty, it comes. Here, they recognize what came in the form of the locust came from God's hand. They they recognize this was what God had done. And they they look forward uh, to the 
Joel was looking forward to this this, uh, army that was going to come that he talks about in the next chapter. And he recognizes this is also the work of God. God is the one who establishes kings and tears down kings. God is the one who establishes empires and tears them down. And he recognizes is the Almighty, that God is in control of this. He then turns to uh, describe some of the conditions of the disaster. The seed shrivels under the clods. The storehouses are desolate. The granaries are torn down because the grain has dried up. In verse 17, at the beginning of that verse, the seeds the seed shrivels under the clods. That, that is actually one of the most difficult verses in, in, the, in the original language in the book. It's actually difficult to understand. Three of the words in that sentence are only used once in the entire Hebrew Bible. So there's some difficulty there. But I think what the idea that it's getting across is the tillers of the soil that we talked about in the last chapter, when they go out and they plant the seeds, they put them under the ground and there's no water that comes and so they just shrivel up and rot. So nothing comes of of their work. The storehouses are desolate. The granaries are torn down because the grain has dried up. The picture there is that the grain bins have become dilapidated and disrepair because it's been so long since they've been able to use them. It's not a pretty picture. Verse 18. The beasts groan. The herds, how the beasts grown, the herds of cattle are perplexed because there's no pasture for them. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. Here, again, we see um, how, how bad the devastation was because of the locust plague. Um, even, even the cattle and the sheep were affected by this. There wasn't anything for them. And you could hear maybe this, the, the, the herd just crying out and bleeding because they were hungry and there was no food. Similar, in the last chapter, we saw that the ground groaned because um, that was in... Uh, I can't remember what verse it was in. But it says the ground groaned. Here, uh, we, we, I think we're reminded of what, what uh, the New Testament passage that Amy read from. Creation groans, longing for the day of redemption. Um, and it also, we, we can remember the curse from the very beginning of the Bible. In, in, in Genesis chapter 3, we have the curse that God had placed on the ground because of Adam and Eve's sin. Um, There would be futility in our work. And here, uh, the creation itself, the animals, the ground, all of that, they're affected by the sin that we have in, in our world as well. Verse 19. To you, O Lord, I call. 
For fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and flame has burned all the trees of the field. Here he's returning again to this idea of turning to the Lord, crying out to the Lord. Um, At the end of uh, verse 14, remember, he said, meet together fast and call to the Lord. Here he's saying, to you, O Lord, I call. Because the, the, the locust plague, it's been so bad, it's left, left, left everything as if there was a fire that had come and burned everything up. He's calling out to the Lord. And what those tragedies in our life should cause us to do is do the same thing. Call out to the Lord. Verse 20 says, Even the beasts of the field pant for you because of the water brooks are dried up and the fire has devoured the pasture of the wilderness. Again, turning and talking about the animals and how they pant for the Lord. Um, In the Psalms, it says, As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longs for you. Uh, It's the idea that the animals, they're thirsty and they're longing for the Lord. Um, One of the... uh, One... um, Old comment from an old interpreter um, about 500 years ago said that um, uh, how, how ignorant us humans can sometimes be because even, even the animals, they know to call out to the Lord when they're thirsty, when they're facing destruction. And yet we human beings, we just don't get it. We don't do the same. So let's think about this text. Again, it's very, very similar to what we looked at last week. There's a plague. There is destruction that has come. Last week we said the response that people should have is to, to lament, to wake up. And what we're seeing this week is we need to turn to the Lord. To turn to the Lord. Now, we are not, like I said last week, we are not Old Testament Israel. America is not Old Testament Israel. But there's principles that are here that apply to us. When we are suffering, when we go through national tragedies or personal tragedies, God is in control of all things. It may be His discipline, or it may just be that God is working something out that we don't have any idea what He's going to bring out from it. But whatever we do, we need to recognize it comes from God's hand. All of our suffering all of our tragedies, it comes from God's hand. And what that ought to do inside of us is to cause us to call out to Him. Sometimes tragedy can cause a person to run the other way. They, they, they want to have nothing to do with a God that would do something like that. But for one of His children, when tragedy strikes, it causes us to come to Him even more. I think these last words can bring great comfort. 
God's desire for us when we are facing tragedy, when we are facing hurt of many different kinds, his desire for us is to call out to him. To call out to him because he loves us. Also, again, there is a parallel here with the gospel. The gospel... The gospel says we are sinners just like the ancient people of Israel were. We deserve God's wrath and punishment. The day of the Lord will one day come. It came in the form of locusts for Joel's day. It it came in the form of of, of an army that came and destroyed. And he looks forward to a day whenever the day of the Lord would come on that judgment day that we will all face. We will all stand one day before our Maker and we'll answer for what we've done. We're sinners, we're broken. And there is only one remedy. God sent His Son to die in our place. We deserve God's wrath. We deserved something that that is infinitely worse than what we see here described by the prophet Joel. And God offers us forgiveness. God offers us grace if we would but trust that the blood of Jesus covered our sins. That whenever He died on the cross, that He paid our debt, that He took our sin upon Himself, and when He rose from the dead, He defeated death. He defeated our sin. And we... We can now go from death into life and being from God's enemies to being sons and daughters of God. We just trust in Him. We call out to Him like it tells us here. We call out to Him trusting that God has provided a way. It's no longer in any kind of sacrifice that can be cut off because there isn't any grain or any any of the other things that are needed. Now... It's the blood of Jesus that we plead. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.